You are now about to enter. Now, now, now about to enter. Victoria Stowell's Positively Podcast. Entered. Entered. Now. Featuring world-renowned dog trainer and host of Animal Planets, it's me or the dog, Victoria Stillwell. Now, here's Victoria Stillwell and her co-host, Holly Furfer. It's another episode, I guess you could call it, of Positively Podcast with Victoria Stillwell. I'm Holly Furfer, and Victoria's back in town. Yeah, I've just been in New York City for four days, started to film my third series. Of It's Me or the Dog? Of It's Me or the Dog, yeah. In New York City. In New York City, and I cannot tell you that I arrived in that city in a heat wave, 103 degrees, as I stepped out of the car. In fact, you're walking along the streets, you cannot breathe. It's so hot. And, you know, we're in the middle of summer here, and we've got a ways to go. How do you... It's got to be really hot filming these episodes when you're taking these dogs outside. How do you do it? We have to be very, very careful, and we we film in five-minute increments. Wow. We obviously find where there's shade. There's plenty of water for the dogs, but, no, the dogs are outside for five minutes, then they're back in air conditioning. And, and so, yeah, it takes, it takes longer to film something, and it also compromises training, but we've got to put the dog safety mm. first. How long will you be out there? I'm going to be out there for three and a half months now. I'm going to be filming until mid-October. And I tell you, you know, I'm filmed in L.A., we're filmed in Atlanta. There's something special about New York City because that's, of course, where where I worked for a long time. I worked for four years there as a trainer. So now I feel like I'm going going home in a way. And um, I love the city. I love visiting more than I do living there. Mm -hmm. But still, it's a fascinating place. And we've got some great characters coming up. I love it. Give us, can you give us a little preview? Well, at the moment, I'm working with the most beautiful black German Shepherd. Black? A black German Shepherd. Pretty rare. Yeah. It's a European German Shepherd bred in Czechoslovakia wow. with a lot of very severe problems. But the problems also are happening between the husband and the wife. And I don't want to give it away. Okay. But it has. it, it is probably one of not just the funniest, but also... The most I- I- incredible family that I've that I've ever come across. Sorry, I have to say, <laughs> no, not putting you down, Holly, because you guys were great. But but uh, if I say weird, mm-hmm. you weren't weird. You're normal, but these guys they're weird. Isn't that mostly the case when there's problems with animals? It usually stems from the owners. It is from the owners, and and this is a, a typical case where really the owner has contributed a lot to the dog's behavior. But I will tell you that down their street where they live, they live in Hoboken, and I have to say, they are the loveliest couple. Mm -hmm. The loveliest, loveliest couple, salt of the earth. But every single tree, small tree, in Hoboken, uh, the dog will walk down the road and will latch on and grab hold the tree with its mouth and will not let go. So every (sighs) single tree along the street is scarred with Sasha the German Shepherd's bite marks. She cannot pass the tree without latching onto it. I can't wait to watch this episode. I need to know why, but don't give it away. Yeah, I'm not giving it away. Because I want to see it in its entirety. That's great. When you go to New York, you know, I know you're working long hours, but do you get a chance to, like, at least enjoy some of the city? I, I haven't yet. I mean, I'm hoping to. I'm pretty close to Central Park, so I want to walk around there and enjoy it. Um, 
we do film long hours. At the end of the day, all I want to do is go home and go to bed. Your husband, Van, and your daughter, Alex, are in Atlanta, though, where you are based, where your home is. So they are able to come up then and see you. So you're not alone up there all the time. I'm not alone up there up there all the time. My mother and sister are coming out. And then, yeah, Van and, and, and Alex are coming out. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a mom. And I hate, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate with capital letters being away from my child. Yes, my husband God love him. I love him. But it, there's something about, uh, and I miss him terribly, but there's something about being away from your child that that I find really, really hard. So even though it's great to be up there and I'm, I'm going to enjoy filming the season, you know, my place is, is, is next to my kid. Mm-hmm. That's a real working mom, but to the extreme. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I've spent many, many years away from her. I mean, uh, many years working away from her. And and it's hard. There's no doubt about it. See, I'm on I'm the opposite. No offense. I don't have children. I love. I do miss my dogs, and I love my husband. But he just um he just bought a, a coffee shop. Just opened a coffee shop, and I love it because he's working long hours. <laughs> I know he's exhausted and miserable, but I'm like, oh, I come home. I can watch what I want on TV. No one's talking to me. Was for dinner. Was there? it's kind of great. So, <laughs> and I I love the coffee shop. Thank I you. had the chance to go to the coffee shop last week, and it is really. Really, really special, beautiful, arty, eclectic, just a really wonderful feeling. And you know, I mean, it's it's there's a real southern feeling. It kind of reminded me of really the deep south, of more really? sort of Louisiana kind of. Maybe it's because I ate beignets. That might I be. Ate they beignets. Do. Yeah, they're good. They're, um, it's called the Funky Monkey. It's in the old Fourth Ward of Atlanta. So come visit us if you want. But I like it. One of the things we want to do is make it kind of shabby chic, where you can come and put your feet up on the furniture. We don't care if you put your feet up on the couch. You know, books are there. Come take one. Come leave one. We have games. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. So I'm glad that you say that because that's the feel we want. And um, Sean's trying. He's become a barista. I would say his coffee is pretty good. You know, can he cook or make coffee at home? No. Um, it's like when he walks in the door, something happens. He loses his brains in the car. But um, it's <laughs> what y'all look at me like. Come on. <laughs> he knows I love him to death. I'm very proud of him. But um, yeah, so I'm glad. So come hang out. So um, and we're dog friendly. Um, outside, we have water bowls, shade. Please come by and bring your dogs. And I like that because there's not a lot of places you can't bring them inside for health department reasons but outside mm-hmm. we will give them dogs and or water and jake's ice cream is there and they will um give you ice cream for dogs oh really yeah he's come up with an ice cream for dogs because apparently there's things you can't have is it rice is bad for dogs or soy rice no no milk? rice 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 is okay okay so the soy, soy milk's bad for dogs so he uses rice milk whatever it is he he it's it's all healthy it's natural and it's safe for dogs and uh he loves it for, it would work for kids too. Yeah, if you're lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. and it's good. I've tried the ice cream for dogs. I'm not gonna lie. I love it. I, I love it, and I I really would encourage people to go there. And uh, but what I'm excited about Holly is because uh, I used to obviously be an actor and a singer. And if you are gonna do music nights, and you know my husband plays the guitar, yes. and plays every single instrument under you the sun, sing? but I, I sing as well. And in fact, we sing together. And I would love to come down yes. there. And and do a, yes. a Van and Vicky singing. I love evening. it. Well, I'll tell you that Sean, my husband, heard uh, a demo of your one one of your CDs, and he was like, "You just cannot believe it." He thinks that he goes, "I love her as a dog trainer." He goes, "Why is this woman not performing like Celine Dion?" 
Oh, well, bless him. Maybe it wouldn't go that far, but thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. No, no, but I love singing. And, and you know, when I have to say, my husband and I sound pretty pretty good together. So I love it. Okay, so then we it. will put it on your website here, Positively.com, and we'll let you know on Positively.com slash podcasts where we are and exactly what night you'll come out yep. and let everybody know so everyone gets a chance. And if you can't come because you live in Seattle or Chicago, that's okay. Let's We'll record some of it and put it up. On the website, is that okay? Only the good bits. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> you can have final say. And, you know, talking about Celine Dion, mm-hmm. um, you should see her house down in uh, West Palm Beach, Jupiter, Florida area. Oh, really? If you've not seen it, do a Google search. There's aerials of her house. She had built a water park in her backyard with a slide and a, like a lazy river going around. It is a ah. child's dream come true. Look it up online okay. in Jupiter, Florida, okay. just so you know. I'm jealous. And uh, if anybody has any um, cool things to share with us or you want to hear something from Victoria, maybe you know you have special, maybe they have song requests, they can always email in. We have an email address. It's podcast at positively.com. And just, you know, or just drop a line and say hi. And, you know, also we just started these podcasts. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, suggestions. You're open to that. Yeah, please, please. More, the more the merrier. Perfect. And you know what? Um, We've had uh, so many people email us about things that they like and don't like in the dog world. And one of them was this sort of phenomenon, I guess you would call about dog painting. Yes. And you sent me the link and I watched it. And I have to say, it's probably one of the sickest things I've ever seen. What it is, is people are now, there's competitions like dog shows where they basically create art with their dogs, whether it's making a, you know, Wheatland Terrier look like a zebra or like some woman had taken her poodle and put, like carved it and painted it with an angel on the back that reminded her of her deceased mother. It's unbelievable. I, I, do you know, it reminds me of those um, pageants where you dress poor little children up and yes. make them look ridiculous and and it's the same I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody out there but it's the same kind of people that that are doing uh, that are painting their dogs uh, the same kind of people that paint their dogs that paint their children as it were but, I, I don't know I just I, I, I don't understand it and when I was watching it was on there, there was a segment on, on 2020 about right. it and as I was watching it and the judge came on and said but these these dogs love it they're having a great time oh. and then there's shots of these poor dogs that have to stand for hours and hours and hours completely still whilst they're painted and worked on and clipped and shaved and sprayed and these dogs look absolutely miserable and that's bad for a dog isn't it like even emotionally mentally I mean imagine if someone made you do that it's 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 terrible and also on puppies you know you're making a puppy stand sometimes for 10 hours a day are you kidding these dogs are they they're miserable they're depressed looking uh, and you, uh, these people they, they they don't understand it's completely for human gratification selfish it's nothing the dogs don't get anything out of it whatsoever and i defy any person who does that who 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 goes to these competitions to tell me that their dog's enjoying it because you you don't know dogs. And that can lead to, I mean, especially if it's a puppy and a dog does this for only so long, that can lead to some serious 
problems with dogs later. These are the dogs that may end up in shelters because they have behavioral issues. Well, of course. I mean, I was just waiting for this judge to get bitten by one of these poor, <laughs> these poor <laughs> poodles. And it. it's mostly poodles yeah. because they, they have the kind of fur that you can clip and, and mold and shape. And it, it's just... It's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. And in fact, they interviewed a veterinarian on them. And the veterinarian mm-hmm. said that it is it's tantamount to abuse. And I actually agree with her. I think this should be banned. Now, you know, they do. They paint them. I, I would imagine that paint is not, although they said in the, in the story, it's safe, quote unquote safe. But that can't be really healthy for a dog. The lady said, it's so safe, you can eat it. Yeah, well, we didn't right. see her eating lady, it. Lady, I'll stuff it down your throat. You eat it. <laughs> Awful. I'm sorry. You can yeah. kind of feel how mm-hmm. how I feel about this. You can sense here how I feel about. <laughs> well, this. I'm with you. I, I agree with you because I think a dog should be allowed to be a dog. It's sort of like a child. You would never have your child dressed up. You know, I mean, besides pageant, but you would never make your child go painted to school. No, 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 no. Well, this 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 is it's selfish and it's it's human indulgence. You and know, these people shouldn't have animals. Bottom line. Besides painting, I know a lot of people dress their dogs up and they think, oh, this is cute. I mean, you see the ones, the people that make money off their dogs, whether it's on the beach and they have their dogs in sunglasses and leather jackets sitting on motorcycles. Oh, you can take a picture with him for $10. That's almost the same. You're not painting the dog, but it's almost the same situation, costumes. You know what? It is. And and, and here's my take on costumes. I think it's, I think it's okay for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. And again, n- does nothing for the dog. Nothing for the dog, but human gratification. So fine. But the reason why I don't like dressing your dog up is because dogs communicate with other dogs via body signals. They read body language. When you've got your dog dressed up, the clothes mask the mm. body language. And so your dog's have difficulty communicating with others when they're dressed up plus it looks weird and <laughs> and and so that's the reason why i'm against it I, yeah. I think we should celebrate the beauty of fur now yeah okay if it's for a special occasion all right if it's for 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 halloween and you're dressing it up or for for christmas you want to put a pair of antlers on do it take the picture and then and then yeah, take the five minutes off. exactly i do agree though um on dogs on short ho- short sorry I do agree with short haired varieties that uh, are breeds of dogs that if they're cold right you, you're taking them out then a really good dog coat is fine like a small dog like a chihuahua and you live in a snowy climate yeah. you can put or, something or even sweater. a large you know a large dog like a greyhound mm-hmm. you, you you put a good dog coat on them to keep them warm that's okay but stuff that when you really go to town and I've had pictures you know I've met the, the Harley Davidson Boston Terrier that sits on the Harley Davidson and sunglasses on is that dog having a good time no is that dog going, doing good for people for kids yeah it goes around to hospitals mm-hmm. that's good the children love it but you know and I and I think that's a gray area too mm-hmm. so it, there's exceptions there's exceptions and you know what it's it's no way as bad as the dog painting. You know, you talked about keeping a dog warm with a sweater and how they talk to each other, body language. But what about in the summer, shaving dogs? I had a long hair um, uh, border collie, and it was she was all black. And I shaved her in the summer, and someone said to me, you should never do that. They can get sunburn. That's terrible. I had no idea. They can get sunburn, but... I think at the same time, you know, keep keep your dog out of the sun anyway. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what their coat is. 
there are some breeds. Let's say let's take the old English Sheepdog. A lot of people do shave them, but then they say you know that that you don't actually really need to shave them in the summer because the hair um, traps the cool air. By, uh, and keeps it close to their skin. Oh. But, you know, it can also trap the warm air and keep mm-hmm. it close to the skin. So I, I think if I was an owner of those breeds, I would shave. But mm-hmm. I, I think we need to talk, and or, or if you're a professional groomer out there and um, you do shave dogs in the summer, please write in and let us know because we, we, we want to find out whether you should or should not shave your um, your dog in the summertime to keep it cool. Okay, and that email address is podcast at positively.com. So we'd love comments. And, and people, if you, you know, dress your dogs up and you want to disagree with us, go ahead. We'd love to hear from you. We're open to hearing all sides. And I know that um, there were a lot of people who were applauding you um, when you were on the CBS show, Greatest American Dog. You were one of the judges because you were outspoken and you spoke your mind when there were some dogs there that were dressed up. Yeah, there's there is a, there were a couple of people that just dress their dogs up all the time and you know and it even and i don't know if this came out but painting your dog's nails or putting Ugh. little caps on the dog's nails different color caps so yeah. the dogs look like they're wearing nail varnish it also doesn't scrape up the wooden floors things like that come on get over it right and if, if you're gonna live with shedding and a little bit of scratches and you can't handle it, then maybe you shouldn't have a dog. Exactly. And I hope that you never scratch your floors or you never right. shed either, right? God forbid. I'd like to know what I'm dealing with here. You don't want to know. I'm very confused. I don't know. Did you know it takes just minutes for a dog in a closed car to suffer from heat stroke and die? The temperature inside a car can soar to 117 degrees within 60 minutes, even when the outside temperature is just 72 degrees. Even if the windows are open and you're parked in the shade, dogs can overheat. If you see a dog in a hot car, call police right away. It's time for Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast, Animal Academy. In other words, it's another time for me to show you how much I don't know about dogs, but I'm learning. Yeah, you know what? And so am I. I mean, I I do a lot of research, obviously, for all my training. Um, but, you know, I always think that you can always do more. And um, so I'm learning a lot through this as well. So, and I also have the answers in front of me. <laughs> shh, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, You're a genius. Yeah, shh, shh, exactly. So what are we um, talking about today? Okay. Uh, I, I want to ask the question, where do dogs sweat through? Oh, I know this only because my one dog drools through their tongues, their mouths, right? No? She's looking at me like, mm, not so much. Then why is she drooling on my couch? Well, the dogs don't produce sweat for thermoregulation. So they don't produce sweat to... Um, to cool themselves down. Okay, not like us. No, they do produce sweat all over their body, actually, because they have really? apocrine sweat glands all over their body. Um, and these apocrine glands, they release pheromones. They're found in the hair follicles of a dog's fur. Oh. So a dog's fur gets coated with these chemicals, and it's for easy identification. And rubbing on things transfers pheromones. So when a dog rubs on you, rather like a cat, right, or against things, it's transferring its scent onto that. So dogs don't just transfer scent with their urine and their feces. They do with their whole bodies. Um, and the only, the only place where a dog can really cool themselves down is through their mouths. So it's not sweating per se. That panting is so important um, to be able to cool down. But the rest of the body, the moisture comes out through through the whole body actually and when a dog's nervous mm-hmm. the reason why I can certainly in shelters on a concrete floor 
if if a dog's particularly stressed, it can actually sweat through its paws. Oh, so there's various glands on its paws where it, where it, where it can sweat. So if you if you see that your dog has sweaty paws or is leaving a mark then something's wrong something's wrong there's there's some sort of stress that makes a lot of sense first of all because i have a couple of cats and they're always rubbing up against me so they're sort of laying their mark on me they really are laying laying their mark on you and and where where the pheromones are most dense are where there are areas of moisture and so the anus the mouth the nose, ears yeah. um and certainly with cats when they rub alongside you. The whisker. The, they transfer all of that into you. And my bully pit, Cashmere, she will get up on the bed and she'll roll upside down and wiggle. And I always thought she was scratching her back, but now it seems maybe she's marking the bed. She could be doing. She's spreading that scent. Oh, yeah, all right. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> my um, dog smells, I mean, my bed smells like my dog. I don't uh, even know it. It's uh, Okay, so here's another question. Okay. What is another name for a dog's whiskers? Oh, I. <laughs> everyone's looking at me. I, I don't know. I, I didn't even know they had another name. They for do whiskers. have another name, and they, the, the other name is Vibrissi. Um, why are the whiskers important? Why are dogs' whiskers important? Um, well, I know in cats it's balance, I think, and feeling in the dark, but I'm not sure about a dog. You know what? For a lot of people, trim their dogs' whiskers. And certainly show dogs have their whiskers trimmed. Uh-huh. It doesn't hurt them, but whiskers are important because whiskers help to filter air to the nose. So it's easier for a dog to smell scent. It's also when a dog approaches an object, the air, the air flow, the air current changes. So a dog realizes it's getting close to an object. Oh. So whiskers are important for touch and for scent. And you had mentioned in one of our other podcasts that they don't have as great eyesight, that they rely on scent more than eyesight, so that would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and so when you look at your dog, look around the muzzle, look around the mouth, and you'll see all these whiskers, but also look on top of the eyes. Uh-huh. On top of the eyes, your dog will have the vibris eye as well. Um, and I love it because touch is obviously one of the first things that the first sense that a puppy will have and it's able to find its uh, it, the, its way to its mother and find its way uh, around the den with touch and those whiskers are very important so don't them. do not cut them do not touch them leave no. them leave them please <laughs> all right is that it did i pass we um, have more i've got one more okay how many adult teeth does a dog have well if you're a normal dog, probably a lot. But my dog, Cashmere, we call her the redneck puppy because she keeps losing teeth as an adult um, because she plays too hard. I know it's not as many as humans, right? I'm going to guess and say 30. They have 42 teeth and really? humans have 32. They have more than us? Yeah. I don't know anything. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Well, that sounds interesting. Dogs and cats turn in circles before lying down because in the wild, this instinctive action turns long grass into a bed. You're listening to Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. I'm Holly Furfer. And you know, if you've heard anything today or in our last podcast and you want to make a comment about it, you can email us now at podcast at positively.com. Anything. Basically, you like something, you don't like something, you want to know what, you know, 
toothpaste Victoria uses. That's fine. We'll answer anything, won't we? Colgate. <laughs> we'll tell you everything. What do you want to know? Well, I want to know a little bit about you, Holly. Okay. I want to know about your background, about how you became a news anchor, about how you got your own show, um, about how you you did radio, how you got into radio. Well, like everybody else, I thought I was going to be something else. I actually went to school to be, well, I went to school as a theater major. And my parents were like, well, we don't want to pay all this money for you to be a glorified waitress. Not because that's what happened, because I don't think they thought I was that good of an actress. <laughs> so um, I ended up doing radio, television, film at Northwestern, and I was going to produce long-form documentaries. Somebody was going to hand me $2 million when I graduated and said, go, please, tell us about the poor children in Somalia, and that didn't work either. So while I was trying to figure out the grant process, actually, of trying to get money to do films, I got an internship at CNN in Chicago. And then I started working freelance, and that turned into a job at CNN Detroit, all while I thought, well, this is the beginning. I'm just doing this till my film career. And then I got a job in Atlanta, and I was covering news in Detroit, news and sports. And I went to Atlanta in nine, well, I can't tell you when because you know how old I am, but let's just say. <laughs> a long, long, long years ago. time ago. I did a, sh a food show called On the Menu. It was food, nutrition, cuisine, and I had the best job in the world for seven and a half years. I traveled around the country and internationally doing uh, food stuff. So going from resort to hotel <gasps> to, yes. And eight. And eight. Oh, and eight. Dream. I w did stories with Jean-Louis Paladin, who is now since gone, but he had the Watergate. And he had a restaurant in Virginia. It might still be there, the Frog and the Redneck with Jimmy Sneed. Um, Michel Richard, Gunter Seeger, I mean, the tops of the tops, you name it. I've been at every fancy restaurant from La Bernadette to 21 to, yes. That and, is a uh, dream job. That is a dream job. I was in St. Bart's and St. Martin doing the foods of the Caribbean. I did a taste of London. I did the mm. Napa Food and Wine Fest, the taste of snow country foods. I don't ski, but I spent time in Beaver Creek and Vale. And then... They found us out, and they canceled all of the feature shows on CNN because they were going more serious news. And I was anchoring headlines at the time, doing some anchoring on the side. So they split up our unit, and half of them went to half of us went to the travel unit, and half of us went to medical. So while no. half of the people were going back to the food and wine festival in Aspen or Napa, I was going to cover gallbladder surgery. Lovely, but it was actually it was a lot of fun. So I did do medical news for a while, and Sanjay Gupta came and is a very good friend and helped me through it. Now, I, I faint at the sight of blood, so it was a little challenging. <laughs> I had great producers. I'm like, oh, can you look through the B-roll and find me a shot of this? Did you have to actually watch some surgery? I did, and it was oh, tough. Dear God. Um, yeah, you, I, you learn how to breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, and tell yourself something else is going on. But I've seen some pretty rough stuff. Oh. But I, and I love medicine. I love medical news. I'm fascinated. I still to this day will watch anything. This new show, Boston Med. Are you watching that? No, because I can't do it. I can't watch anything about ER. Oh, my gosh. No, I love it. It's like they hospital. did one on Hopkins. But in real life, when I'm on it, I'm good. And then, phew, after I can get through it with adrenaline. And then after I'm done. I would love to be desensitized. If anybody... Pop, Please email pos podcast at positively.com and tell me how to desensitize. I would go to medical school tomorrow. You would? Mm -hmm. You would be able to do that? Do it in a second that's if I can get over that. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, I have to say to every doctor out there, I have such respect for you because mm -hmm. I actually don't know how you do what you do. But then I guess there are people out there who say, well, how can you do what I right. do? Right. Um, yeah, and, and each to their own. But then right. you ended up, so, so, but you are 
Well, then I left for a minute, um, and I went and did local radio in Atlanta for four years. Then it was like, well, I could continue covering kidney stones, or I could hang out with rock stars. So I did radio morning show for four years in Atlanta and loved it. And I also picked up a show on the local NBC station as well for three years, a talk show. And now I'm back at CNN freelancing, and I'm working with you doing the podcast, having fun. I'm doing a lot of other freelance work. And please, you've just been to where? <laughs> Jupiter, Florida, to the Burt Reynolds Museum for CNN Airport Network series called Roadside America. Did, Did you know you, there was a museum? No, I had absolutely no idea. Does, does Burt Reynolds live down there? Oh, yeah. He lives really close to the museum. He's there all the time. He actually teaches acting classes out of the museum. So if you want to meet Burt Reynolds, Sign you up. can have an acting class with him? You audition and he teaches a master class. And if you can get into the master class, he will direct you. Um, before he died, Charles Nelson Riley taught. He gets a lot of his friends in there. There's, you have to go see it. It's in Jupiter. You would be amazed. I learned so much about him. There are so many pictures of people that he knows and are, and are, and are friendly with, from sports to movies to politicians. Hmm. He just seems like a really great guy. Now, he, didn't, he wasn't able to come to see us, but he did send his personal assistant with his Trans Am, so I got a ride in his Trans Am the from... The Trans Am? Smokey and the Bandit. Wow. And I was not getting in the canoe from Deliverance, but um, it's fun. So now that's what I do. I just really enjoy... Basically, every day I wake up is a good day, and so if I can work on top of that, I'm happy. Yeah. Love it. And, and I have to say, you know, obviously doing this podcast, I'm new. I'm new to the whole radio thing. I mean, of course, I've done radio interviews. I've done television interviews. Um, but it's a whole different genre for, mm -hmm. for me. And um, so I'm learning a lot from you, and hopefully we'll be perfecting <laughs> my radio voice. My husband, I don't know whether, he, and we, we must move on after this, but I don't know whether you, uh, you've seen Saturday Night Live the two NPR radio oh, women. Yeah. <laughs> My husband said to me that I sound when I'm introducing, when you're introducing me and I say, hello, hello, <laughs> hello, that I sound like those NPR women. Have you seen that sketch? Um, I am a fan of Shweti Balls. Of the Shweti Balls, <laughs> yes. Yes, that's very, very famous now in our household. So, um, Well, he's wrong. You sound great, but it's you. a trade-off. I'm learning a lot about dogs. <laughs> and you're learning out of actually balls. Any questions? I had a question I wanted to ask. Um, Just ask the question. Okay, now it's time for Ask Victoria on VictoriaStillwellsPositively.com podcast. I'm Holly Furfer, and uh, we're going to get to some of these questions, but I want to let people know you can email us with questions on the uh, podcast webpage. You'll see a button that says Ask Victoria, or you can even call us, 404-946-8089. If you've got a question with your uh, dog, like Sarah Pressler does, and um, she says, first of all, she loves your shows. You're Thank her you. hero. We Thank all you, do. Sir. And she wants to know, do you have a dog that you can practice training? How do you know all this? Well, I do have a dog that I can practice training on, but um, I, I, I've, I've studied for so many years, and um, I've learned off mentors, I've been to seminars, I have my accreditation, um, I work a lot in rescue, worked a lot in rescue, and mm -hmm. still do, but uh, I, I learned a lot of practical work in rescue shelters. But there are some things that, for example, you know, I have a... Um, uh, 
I have a sporting breed, so I like to be able to, if I want to figure out how to do a scent, a scent trail, or to do some bird retrieval with fake birds, I have to say,、mm-hmm. then I'll be able to practice that with Sadie. The 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 other stuff sometimes, you know, you can't everything that I see you can't study in books,、mm-hmm. so. You have to find out ways of being able to. If there's a certain behavior problem, a way to successfully combat their behavior problem that makes the dog successful. So a lot of what I do, I have to make up and test it out. I have to test it out, and I test it out on camera. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You can always borrow my monstrous mutts. To、uh, <laughs> test yes, them out. Yes, I will. Yeah, there, there's a few behavior problems there that I can still work on. That's right. Okay, so this is from Ryan Lakados, Lakados in Ohio, Berea, Ohio. I don't think I've ever been there. At Berea, I'm sorry, Berea. Apparently, we have an Ohioan in the house,、uh, and he says, "I have a 13-week-old Boxer mix. When I crate him to leave, he salivates so much." That by the time I come home, it appears as though he has urinated in the crate. I've tried placing a towel in his crate; however, he destroys the towel, and it, it too is saturated with saliva. I've also tried placing a stuffed Kong in the crate with him, and while he does clean the Kong, the problem persists. I've tried placing him in the crate when I'm home, so he can get used to it, but to no avail. Still spitty.、Um, and that's、uh, Ryan. He's actually with the Elria E L Y R. Elyria, see, we've got Dave, our engineer from Ohio. Elyria Fire Department, and it sounds to me like Ryan is doing everything he possibly can, all the right ways. Yeah, but I think the fact the dog is telling him he does not want to be crated because this type of immense salivation shows that the dog is extremely stressed, extremely anxious, and doesn't like being put in the crate, doesn't like being left alone. So I think you've got an anxiety problem, a separation anxiety problem, and there are some dogs. That would be fine in just in a room,、mm-hmm. in a bathroom, dog-proofed room with a baby gate, but just cannot deal with being confined within a crate. And it also depends how long is that dog in that crate for.、Mm-hmm. So、um, I, I would say I would look into other ways of being able to contain your dog safely、mm-hmm. in a dog-proof room, in a dog-proof room, and 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 get rid of the crate because I think that's part of the problem. Okay, hopefully that works, Ryan. Good luck with that. And、uh, Kimberly Dixon from Darlington, County Durham, England. Did、oh, I yes, do that County right? County Durham. Yeah, perfect. Now, how far is that from London?、Uh, oh, that's 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 a, that's about five. No, it's about six, seven hours、oh. up north.、Yes. Okay.、Uh, her question is: She has a five-month-old Border Collie, and she says, "I have a problem with pulling. We got a choker lead, and it's not helping. What can we do to stop it?" I was also wondering how do we stop him from jumping up and getting so excited when people come over? He's a good dog, but completely changes and is boisterous, jumping up and ignoring all his training. How can we avoid locking him up when people come over? That seems to be a really common problem. It is a common problem, and it's teaching the dog impulse control because, it's, of course, the dog's excited when people come in and he wants to jump up and greet and show that excitement. Um, and you basically have to teach him that that is unacceptable. That he won't get attention when he jumps up.、Um, so it's all about getting the dog, teaching him to inhibit his behavior, and to maybe sit and wait while people come through the door. Have him on a leash. Allow the dog to go up to greet. If he jumps up on them, remove him into the next room. Wait until he calms down. 
bring him out again to greet the person. If he jumps up again, remove him again. And the only way he gets to stay with the person, to greet the person, to hang out with the person, is if he's not jumping up. The other thing with the leash pulling, yeah, chokers can be very, very dangerous. Chokers on any kind of dog can cause collapsed tracheas, which is a collapsed windpipe. It can cause heart, lung problems. It can cause heart problems. I think choke, choke chains need to be banned. There are great martingale collars that you can have, which is, which is a limited check, um, a, a limited choke collar. Um, and they, they can only tighten so much mm-hmm. so that your dog can't choke itself. But I would say... Um, Walking, teaching your dog how to walk well on the leash is really important. There's this whole idea amongst the dominance training fraternity that if a dog walks ahead of you during a walk, it's trying to be pack leader. And I always say to people, well, that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. That sort of, again, shows a human insecurity with the dog trying to attempt human domination. But it's a uh, domination over humans. What it is is a dog has four legs. You have two. Its mm-hmm. pace is naturally faster. It wants to get to where it wants to get quickly, but it can't because the leash is, is pulling it back. So there's an incredible amount of frustration that dogs have at the end, other end of the leash. And I would say... Um, Teach your dog to love walking close to you, Mm -hmm. whether you use the heel command, whether you use food, whether you use toys. Um, Don't allow your dog to be reinforced by getting to where it wants to go to by pulling. So each time your dog pulls you, you walk off in the other direction. And even if for the first day or week or couple of weeks, you only get down one one, one, one block of your street, doesn't matter. Because if you have to go backwards and forwards, at least you're telling the dog, you're showing the dog, if you pull, you don't get anywhere. In fact, you get to go in the other direction. But if you walk close to me and you don't pull, you get to where you want to go to. So it's all about changing and reversing direction. And I'll tell you, I um, use harnesses on my dogs. And I think that works better because it goes around the chest and around the midriff. And it I can control them better. They're strong dogs. I have a pit bull mix who's very strong, and I find that I have better control. Not only is it better for them, you're not choking their necks, but when I when you use a collar, their head may go back, but their body's still going forward, and they're just yanking with you. But with the whole harness, I can get her whole body to stop. What you have to be careful, though, is that you don't get a harness that, because some, ha- just a regular harness can mm-hmm. actually teach a dog to pull more because they love that feeling of that pressure on their chest. Oh. So it's actually taking away pressure from the throat, but it's called reverse thickomatosis. I don't think I said that quite correctly, but. Sounded um, good to me. Where, yeah, where a dog actually feels reinforced by that pressure and pulling against something on its chest. So there are great harnesses out there that actually leads the dog from, from the center of gravity, from their chest. And so the leash connects to that, to that frontal part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you have kind of harnesses that will tighten under the arms if the dog pulls. Those, both of those harnesses are really good to help. Good to know, but at least it's safer for the dog to than yes. pulling around its neck. Yeah. Great, great information. And if you have a question, you can always email Victoria. You see the Ask Victoria button on our podcast page, or you can even call 404-946-8089 and leave your question there, and we will get to it on our Positively.com podcast. Have you ever seen this before? No. I mean, yes, I've seen it before, but it's not mine. Okay, before we uh, leave, we always 
like to laugh a little bit, and I don't know if you've seen this YouTube clip, the dramatic stalking cat. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this cat is so intense. It's just, it's very, very, very funny. You've got to watch it. It's hard to describe. I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say there's a video camera, a cat on the other side of the room, and a little surprise at the end. So if you go on YouTube.com, do the uh, search for Dramatic Stalking Cat, and we'll post it to this website, to the Positively.com podcast website, and uh, you'll be able to see it, Positively.com slash podcasts, and you will see the Dramatic Stalking Cat. And uh, don't forget to follow. We can follow you on your Facebook page. Uh, it's Victoria Stillwell. And also, if you're going to be Twittering from New York City. Yeah, I tweet all the time. That's great. So yeah. it's Mir the Dog. It's uh, twitter.com slash it's Mir the Dog. And you'll keep us updated on your filming in New York City as you head back tomorrow. You bet I will. Yeah, I actually head back tonight. Oh, fantastic. Tonight. So yeah, we start again filming tomorrow. Terrific. All right, then. Be safe, and we'll talk to you when you get back from New York. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. Check out more information about this podcast by visiting Positively.com slash podcasts. The theme song for the Positively Podcast, Addicted to the Phone by Elio Pace, is available on iTunes or at eliopace.com.